More people are talking about mental health, including youth and young people. But where do you find help in Riverside County? What services are available for young people? And how can we reduce the stigma surrounding mental health services? We're talking about that and also taking a closer look at the public guardian's role in safeguarding our most at-risk community members, helping the public understand what the public guardian does, which for young adults is a small number of people. I believe all communities need to understand or need to look at mental health from a different lens. Their support services. Every one of us needs support at one point in our life. We're talking about it today with our guest, Jose Campos, a longtime educator, recent behavioral health commissioner, and community advocate. It's happening right now on The Service Station. Welcome everyone to The Service Station, information and conversation, a podcast from the Riverside County Department of Public Social Services. I'm your host, Gene Kennedy. Jose Campos is here with me right now. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is such an important topic. Mental health is an extremely important topic and one that I'm very passionate about. Appreciate you being here. Let's start with this. Let's start with a study uh, that was published in the Journal of Adolescent Health. This found that half, half of young adults had mental health symptoms during the pandemic. Give us a snapshot of mental health of older youth and young adults in Riverside County, like how you see this as an educator, as somebody who works in community outreach. So you'll see manifestations of increased depression, anxiety, uh, uncertainty, um, and depending on youth and how they were impacted, um, grief and loss. Uh, so definitely um, many attributes that are impacting our youth today as a result of the pandemic. We want to share with our listeners here that if you need mental health services in Riverside County, help is available. You can call the CARES line. It is 1-800-499-3008, and the staff will help you determine your next steps. Jose, let's talk about this. Mental health disorders and violence, those two are often associated in public thinking. How does that stigmatize or lend to misunderstandings about mental health disorders in young adults? Um, Well, we're already combating a stigma with mental health services, whether it's culturally or just a vision of um, individuals seeing it a shame factor, if you will, where they feel that if they're engaging in mental health services, that there's something wrong with them. So then there's that shame factor. Um, further stigmatizing that if they're receiving services uh, with that shame factor, that what's wrong with me? You know, that's part of that stigma. Um, and so violence can be part of that stigma um, in the sense that there have been violent outbursts, there must be a mental health issue. And that's not necessarily the case. Mental health doesn't equate to violence. Uh, Mental health issues uh, can be something as simplistic as uh, anxiety, depression. Um, Most individuals may at times even move inward where they self-attack, you know, attack themselves. Uh, Again, part of that shame factor um, rather than seeking out services, um, rather than lashing out or becoming violent. When we look at mental health, it's trying to filter out what those needs are. Everybody has different needs. Um, and addressing mental health needs supports in helping individuals understand their triggers, understand what supports coping skills that they can develop um, for better functioning. 
the earlier we address mental health needs, the more we can support an individual. Going back to the question of, of stigma, um, mental health has long had a stigma attached to it. Whether it's cultural, whether it's uh, social, um, it's individuals seeking out services. And oftentimes, um, there's a phrase I like to use um, in the work that, that we do is that we look to provide support and services to anyone who needs that support and services as an entry point to higher level needs or higher level of services. And mental health is simply just that. It's a higher level of service. So that initial service may be a mentoring project, a mentoring program. It could be tutoring. It can be social services, um, mm -hmm. helping individuals with just basic needs, self-sufficiency. Um, in life, if we're not supporting one another, it may lead to larger issues. Uh, so again, going back to stigma, the way to best address stigma is to, one, normalize that, in fact, everybody needs support at some time in their life. And we're going to talk a little bit more about what Riverside County is doing when it comes to integrating services and that kind of holistic, well-rounded approach to help people in just a moment. But I want to come back to the early intervention component. Why do you think it's so important to address mental health disorders earlier in life than later? Um, when we look at early intervention, there's different ways to address it. So, I mean, there's the prevention, right? And, and in the county, we have our Mental Health Service Act or Prevention and Early Intervention Programs. That's is sought out to look at services that address mental health, but from a preventative standpoint. Uh, so for example, trauma, you know, one of the programs um, in the county is CBITS, Cognitive Behavior Intervention for Trauma in Schools. When that's administered, you're supporting um, individuals that have had a disruption in their life functioning because of a previous trauma. Um, when you're providing that support, you're providing it early on before that trauma can continue to disrupt life functioning. Likewise, parenting programs, uh, those are all um, deemed to look at supporting the parent to better support their children. Again, preventative. Uh, we're looking to provide education and support so that way interventions can then be put in place as early as possible. If we take it back to academics, if a student is struggling academically, you want to intervene um, in the early years in education. Otherwise, that gap continues to increase. Likewise, with mental health, if we're struggling early on and we provide those interventions, um, then by providing those interventions, we prevent that difficulty from increasing. Who are the teens and young adults that are most at risk for mental health disorders or chronic conditions? Uh, research indicates that those most at risk are our, what we call our at-risk population. So our foster youth, our homeless, LGBTQ. Um, so different populations, different subgroups um, are most at risk um, because already being in that subgroup, they have um, challenges, if you will, that they have to overcome. You were previously on the Behavioral Health Commission. And talk to us about what you see Riverside County and our partners doing to expand access to services for young adults, for youth who are dealing with mental health disorders? Well, I believe first and foremost, um, the system of our mental, uh, of mental health 
calls for there to be peer specialists. And those are individuals that have had lived experience. So they walk along the path of our, our TAY youth, um, our, our transitional age youth from 16 to 25. They can empathize. They can empathize. They can walk along that path. They can provide that support. They're, they're there, if you will, as a mentor to help them. And they're very well received because they have had those lived experiences. Um, they understand the path. Um, um, likewise, you know, with parents, there's parent peer specialists to support parents of, of youth. Um, so the peer specialist role, I believe, is a very critical role that is part of our mental health system um, that adds layers of support outside of just the clinical support. And you were mentioning it a little bit earlier. We need support services that are holistic, that support us in a number of different uh, ways in life. Riverside County is integrating services uh, to expand access to uh, mental health services for families and children. Why do you think that's so crucial? The integrated wraparound approach is not just crucial, but essential. Um, when life functioning is, is disrupted, it doesn't just disrupt one factor. It, it disrupts your entire life functioning. So you have to look at that whole person, that whole family. Um, and I would even venture to say that whole community um, to be sure that we have services available. Um, you know, and again, going back to your question of stigma, right? Uh, there's mm -hmm. a stigma sometimes uh, associated with accessing services, whatever those services may be, the more available. So the, the more readily available they are in a community, the more they services are normalized, the more it is just part of conversation where then your neighbor is saying, Hey, there's this program available. Um, and then you have referrals coming from your neighbors. You have referrals coming from your friends because these services then become institutionalized into the community um, where as soon as there's any difficulty, you're in a sense looking to eliminate that shame factor that some may feel in reaching out services. So when they're integrated with your medical offices, they're integrated within your schools, they're integrated within your churches, um, it's being sure that services um, are well marketed, um, readily available, and, and part of our everyday life. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Public Guardian for a moment. So here in Riverside County, we have about 300 people that are under stringent probate care of the Public Guardian. And most of them are going to be seniors, older adults who don't have advocates. There's just a small handful that are receiving those services who are young adults uh, that don't have advocates. What would you say to the general public about the Public Guardian and its role as a last resort and an advocate for those who are most vulnerable here in Riverside County. And looking at the public guardian, we need to be clear to understand that when we look to serve, um, you know, I made the comment earlier that we, we look at any service as an entry point to a higher level of service, that public guardian is a higher level of service. And so in a sense, that last resort, we don't, wish to get there. We wish to look at other interventions. We wish to look at other supports uh, before we get to the public guardian. But it has to be there because ultimately we need to be sure that our citizens, our family members have that care that's necessary. But we're always looking, if you will, to look at what's least restrictive and attempt to see what works prior to getting to 
what we consider most restrictive um, supports. Because that's a vital safety net service that still there, albeit a last resort, but still there if needed. Absolutely. I just want to reiterate to our listeners that if you need mental health services here in Riverside County, help is available. You can call the CARES line. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. It's 1-800-499-3008. And the staff is available to help you if uh, you need those mental health services. Talk to us about, uh, Jose, about what you see as the future of mental health services here in Riverside County? What we've seen over the last few years prior to the pandemic is the increase of availability of services. So I know our county supervisors has, you know, made that um, dedication, if you will, prior to increase services. We've seen an increase in contract providers um, for mental health services for those under Medi-Cal, if you will. Um, I once believed that was our population that um, had least access to services. And it is great to see that we've uh, addressed that gap in services and that services have increased. Um, As we continue to develop, I believe we will see more integration of mental health services in schools. Um, We've seen that as a result um, of the pandemic. Uh, mental health in schools during the pandemic. Um, some some still ask the question of, you know, should school districts be providing mental health services? Um, I think coming out of the pandemic, as as we are, um, you see more services integrated in school districts. You see more school districts either working with community-based organizations or directly with the county to become a provider, its own contract provider with the county. Um, We have three such school districts in Riverside County that are county providers. uh, You have Palm Springs, Desert Sands, and Harupa Unified. So the future is more integration, um, not just within the schools, but also within our medical offices where we're conducting screenings to look at how can we support even early on parent and child, to look at how do we support our Tay youth and how do we address needs. Um, So you're seeing more proactive approaches to address and identify mental health needs. You're seeing more um, community-based approaches um, and increasing access to services, whether it's through the medical office um, or through the school districts. And then we're also seeing uh, Medi-Cal reform through CalAIM. So as CalAIM onboards, we're looking at how we have this concept of no wrong door approach, uh, basically meaning that when someone comes in to receive services, that they can be directed, guided to what those services may be. Uh, we're looking at reforms to how we can utilize Medi-Cal in providing services to be sure that we address and or eliminate any barriers to services, um, if you will, through CalAIM. So much is still being um, brought out and training to be had with CalAIM, but one thing we all know is that we're all excited about the possibilities uh, moving forward with, with uh, CalAIM. What should all communities understand about uh, mental health disorders? I believe all communities need to understand or need to look at mental health from a different lens. Their support services. Every one of us needs support at one point in our life, um, whether it's through social services um, supporting us, whether it's through uh, counseling service, mental health services, um, or a parenting program. Um, The more we operate as a community 
and supporting one another, the more we're addressing um, our needs. And the more we're addressing our needs, the less we look and are stigmatized, rather, um, by mental health. Reducing the stigma of mental health is happening, more so in some communities than in others. But when it's part of the conversation, when it's part of support services, when it's normalized, you absolutely reduce that stigma. And then your referrals um, increase because then more people are seeking out those services because they understand the services. Thank you so much for coming on the service station. My pleasure. Um, as, as always, I believe we need to advocate for mental health services within our community. And this is one way I see that we can advocate to spread the word. I, once again, just really want to share with everybody um, that we are one community. Um, and so we need to look out for one another, support one another. Um, uh, when we look to support our families, uh, family is beyond that household. Family is that community. Jose, thank you again. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. To learn more about available Riverside County Mental Health Services, visit the RUHS Behavioral Health website at rcdmh.org. And again, if you need mental health services, you can call the CARES line at 1-800-499-3008. Well, that wraps up this episode of The Service Station. You'll find all of our episodes in English and Spanish on major podcast platforms and on our website, rivcodpss.org. And if there's a topic you'd like us to cover on the podcast, email us your ideas, dpssinfo at rivco.org. Thanks so much for listening.